13 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Two opposing rallies over embattled city councilor Sean Chu were held downtown yesterday. The pro-Chu side gathered at Olympic Plaza while the anti-Chu group was outside City Hall. Chu came under fire following a CBC News story published days before the October civic election, alleging misconduct with a minor while he was a Calgary police officer in 1997. Chu won the Ward 4 seat by 100 votes and was sworn in for his second term on October 25th. The NDP is responding to Kenny's announcement yesterday. Details coming up, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. In the northwest, there is a collision on Nose Hill Drive and Stony Trail in the southbound right shoulder. Emergency crews have started blocking off multiple lanes. And in the northeast on McKnight Boulevard and 68th Street, there is an ongoing collision blocking your eastbound left turn lane. It takes 48 hours to plow Calgary's major roads after a snowfall. Learn how the city's seven-day snow plan keeps everyone moving at calgary.ca slash snow. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. Alberta's opposition NDP is responding to Jason Kenney's latest announcement. NDP critic for addictions and mental health Lori Sigurdsson says the UCP must meet addicts where they are at. Sigurdsson is in support of the new recovery beds, but says Albertans cannot use them if they are already dead. She adds the government's response to this crisis cannot be measured in beds opened or dollars spent, but must be measured by lives saved. Yesterday, Kenny announced the province has created access for Albertans seeking addiction treatment by adding 8,000 new recovery spaces. Three people were arrested yesterday during an anti-mask protest at West Edmonton Mall. In a news release, police in Edmonton say they were made aware of the protest prior to the event. Two men and one woman were arrested for various charges, including outstanding warrants, uttering threats and public mischief, along with being previously banned from the mall. Officials say they remain in custody until Monday morning when the Court of Queen's Bench resumes. An Edmonton woman whose pension was cut by $800 a month is hoping to find out how long it will be before she gets it back. Linda Rockman says after she paid her rent and insurance this month, she only had $20 left. Rockman had a job fall through during COVID, so collected CERB, but then found out she wasn't eligible. She went to a debt consolidation company and thought the matter was settled. So then come... um August of this year, all of a sudden, without no notice at all, I had $800 taken from my income. Rockman has been trying to reach someone with the government to find out when the CERB will be repaid and her pension will resume. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames are in Vegas tonight to take on the Golden Knights. The Flames have won their last three games while Vegas is coming off a 7-1 win over the Coyotes on Friday. Puck drop is at 8. In other NHL action, the Toronto Maple Leafs look to begin a new win streak tonight when they visit the Winnipeg Jets and the LA Kings take on the Oilers in Edmonton. This afternoon, we'll find out who will be playing in next week's Grey Cup. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers host the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the West Division Final, while the Toronto Argonauts welcome the Hamilton Tiger Cats to the BMO Field in the East. Global News SkyTracker weather, a few flurries this morning that will clear up around noon, but that is right when the wind picks up. So we'll reach a high of minus 10, but with the wind chill that will feel closer to minus 24 this morning and minus 18 this afternoon. Cloudy and minus 16 overnight, although that will feel more like minus 22. 
The clouds will clear tomorrow afternoon and will reach a high of minus 7, but again, it will feel significantly colder, minus 21 in the morning and minus 12 in the afternoon. It's minus 14 at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update is at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and... We are sitting at December the 5th already, 20 more days, and it's Christmas. It's amazing how how fast this time is going. So uh, if you're out there and you're listening in, and uh, on these slower days, could definitely use your guys' help out here. And It's an easy time to get into the show, um, 403-974-8255, that is the talk and text line if you'd like to like to join me. Uh, Jen's going to be joining us in a little bit. We're going to chat about all kinds of fun stuff. Um, definitely felt like Christmas yesterday. Um, tree lot was full. Lots of great families coming out, picking up trees. And uh, so lots of fun. Lots of, And the boys are doing fresh cuts for you. They'll tie it onto your car after they load you up. And actually, we're pretty proud. We got uh, Western Canadian trees this year. We we did something a little different. Supported a local farmer, um, Western Canadian, instead of doing the the Frasers and the balsams from out east. We decided to stick with uh, Western Canada, and we got some great, great looking trees. Um, are a little different though. They're not the sheared shaped perfect. These ones are pretty nice though. Nice and full all the way up to 15 footers. So if you need a, a larger tree, we definitely got you covered there. And we got from four to five feet. And actually we had quite a few people coming and buying some that were a little bit taller and cutting them down a bit because um, they wanted them a little bit fuller. And they were just saying, like, compared to the pricing. And that's one thing when you are a local, you can, you can, you're able to sell them a fair bit cheaper. We're probably 30 to 40% less expensive than we were last year on our Christmas trees just because we don't have so much freight and uh, and that that we had to work into the prices. So it's kind of nice that we could do that. So I think we'll continue on that thing and hopefully some of the logistics challenges that we have in everybody's dealing with might be fixed up uh, hopefully by next year. And uh, we'll see what's going on. A little bit of snow out there, so not a ton, but if you are shoveling, this is the perfect snow just to take it, throw it in up against your foundation plants, underneath your spruce trees, some of those things. It's kind of uh, nice just to add that little bit of um, great um, a moisture that is, is going to be needed over, over these winter months. And it doesn't look like we're going to get a bunch of snow, though. It like, looks like this is the last little bit. And then this sort of staying in that minus five to minus nine range for the next week or so. So um, this little bit of moisture will help. So throw it up, like I said, underneath your spruce trees, up against the house, those foundation things. And uh, it will definitely help out your plants. And uh, also, I'm going to quick text here. Um, also, just wondering about, uh, what does it say here? Picked up some... Bobex for mice and voles, but we're told this would keep them away. She mentioned smoke bombs to put in the holes. Yeah, we're totally sold out of those. Um, but the Bobex will help deter it. 
We also have the bait stations that work good. You just put them out, and they're single kill. So they just when the the mice or the vole they eat it, they just go into a corner and just shrivel up. Um, and the nice thing is that if a bird eats them or anything like that, it won't hurt those. But right now is the time when a lot of the mice and that are looking for um, a place to hide out for the winter. Um, I know I have a trailer down below um, down at Spruce, and um, definitely I've had a couple of mice, and we've been catching them. And uh, this time of year is when they when they want to come in and, and look for that little bit of warm spot. So... Um, is what it is. But right now, if you haven't done any protection of your trees and shrubs, I would definitely look at adding um, either some of the wildlife wire, um, mice wire. Um, a lot of times stucco wire works well. Depends if you have mice. You need something that's a little bit smaller gauge, like, so the holes are, are really small. And just try not to pile the snow. Like if you are pushing it underneath your trees, don't pile it up on the trunk because then that gives the mice that opportunity and then they just sort of crawl up the side of your tree and they just eat the bark right off the bottom and all the way up uh, i know like i said last year when my neighbors the when the snow all melted and then he's seen all these white rings on the bottom of his trees and we were wondering what's going on and it was just the mice were underneath the snow and they just chewed away at all the bark and basically just killed um killed most of those trees so it's unfortunate they can't survive that. It's just like if you pulled your skin off, it would be very similar. So the trees definitely need that. Um, they need that little bit of help to do that. And again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And I don't think uh, Jen, is Jen in there yet? All right, let's pull Jen up. We'll see what's going on down there. She's in the cozy tropical greenhouse. <laughs> I am. Yes, it is cozy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, and actually, we added a few new cameras, and they actually have thermometers on them, so it makes my life a lot easier. I don't have to worry so much about some of the back corners. So Terry installed a couple of the cameras with the thermometers, sort of in the back corner of the greenhouse, and I could just check it at night. And yeah, and it's been staying like sixteen, nineteen, so um, which is nice. It's yeah. a little bit cozy. Short so. weather. <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's the best part of the greenhouse. I find we're in shorts longer and we're in shorts sooner. And so people are always confused when they come in and see us with shorts on. But Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Not today, though. You, you have some lots of great Christmas plants that I noticed there we yesterday. Do. Yes. I'm, I, I, all the things are in and they're, it's so fun to watch them go out. But yes, rosemary, for example. Um, people yeah. love to give that as a gift. Um, we have rosemary in, and they're nicely shaped as well. We have all the zygo cactus or the Christmas cactus in in hanging baskets and two-inch pots and four-inch pots, all of those. We have uh, poinsettias everywhere. It's just a gorgeous, colorful land right now. Yeah, and then we got the pure white poinsettias, which are, mm -hmm. it's a little harder to get those ones. And I, I love them because they're the pure white. They're not kind of the creamy white. Yep. So these are like pure white. So if you if you are looking for those pure white poinsettias, um, we are able to secure those this year. So which is nice. They just uh, like I said, the pure white. I'm a I'm a bit more of a traditionalist. I know Jess 
She she calls them the sweater poinsettias, the ones that look like they're <laughs> oh, the, kind of the shri- rose ones, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they sort of shrivel up, but they look cool. I, I, they're growing on me, but I'm still a bit of a traditionalist, so I love the red and the white. So pretty. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jess loves the. I, I like that she nicknamed them. She calls them the, the sweater, sweater. poinsettias. <laughs> They're, um, well, they, they kind of look like a cushy little sweater, eh? They like do, they, and they've been they've been popular. People, they're yeah. people's attention in for sure. Um, some people yeah. they're like mm, cute, but no. But other people they they hop right on. Yeah, they're, we're on our sweet. second batch of those, so the first yep. batch went out pretty quickly. So, which is neat. Yeah, and, super cool. Uh, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> and lots of zygos. Lots of zygos. There's um, oh gosh, there's holly. There's winterberry. There's the cypress, uh, Norfolk pine, in all different sizes. So it's nice because people can either go big or go small and, and do whatever they want to do for for decor or gifts. I know people are giving a lot of the gifts these away as gifts. So. Yeah, and uh, the Norfolk Island pine, if you want to have a, a, a live Christmas tree. Because I get asked that a lot, Jen. Um, mm. People say, well, why can't I bring a live tree? And I know there's some companies in, in Vancouver and that that – they rent you a tree for for Christmas and then they take it back. Really? And they put it in the nursery. Huh. It's just, yeah, we can't do it here. It's just, so if you bring a tree in from outside, like a live tree, and then in in here it'll start growing because they've all gone dormant. Right. And then then all the juices go back up into the needles and blah blah. And then if you go to put it back outside. It just says, like, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) And all the needles will fall off because it'll be full of water. I think that's what a lot of people sound like in winter. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, I didn't know that was a rental thing that people did. Yeah, so, and that's a, it's a great thing about the internet. It spreads quick. Yeah. But people got to realize why we, like, we don't do that in this region. Is you just you can't bring them inside because, like I said, they get living. Unless you left them inside all winter, you could maybe try that, I guess. But when you bring it in, you'll start seeing that new growth going. And then if you try to put it back outside, all the needles will just fall off. They'll freeze solid on the yeah. on the on the tree, and then they'll just fall off. It'll be like that that broken glass sort of thing, where oh, or the one gosh. the Chevy Chase scene when <laughs> all the needles just sort of fall off. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, that would be sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're right though, the Norfolk pine is a is a great sort of alternative. And I there are a lot of people I didn't realize that have the full grown, you know, adult Norfolk pine, if you will, just growing large and they love it in their home. And the nice thing too is it's that new growth is really soft. It's a beautiful plant. Yeah. So, they yeah. just need a bit of room because they they can get pretty wide. Yeah. Like they can get like that sort of six feet wide at least. So if you have a nice big room though, those are they're a great plant and they Absolutely. look good. And- yeah, no, there's there's lots to come down and kind of just browse. A lot of people have just been taking their time. Like I say, I think every weekend is people just are coming in to take it in, and it's lovely to see. But there is a lot to look at. We've got a lot of new customers as well coming in first time in the greenhouse, and they're they just love it. Their eyes get big, and they're yeah. Yeah, we've expanded the the tropical area. Last year we had um, we we had one of the tropical houses as all the Christmas. This year we've moved the Christmas back into the main store and we've uh, left the tropicals as their own category in the greenhouses. So we, we we have a full selection of all your houseplants and pots and all that stuff in there. So mm-hmm. it looks awesome. It does. It and looks- we're still getting new tropical plants in as well. We just got a shipment, small shipment yesterday. Um, I think a shipment, what's today, Sunday? So just later last week as well. So we're still getting trops in too. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, typically weekly we get, and that's been delayed a bit too. And we've been fortunate Mm -hmm. to get our, our, some of our shipments come through. Um, and our, and our thoughts again are with our, our friends to the West of us. there dealing with that. Yeah. A friend of mine was out in Abbotsford yesterday, said it's still pouring rain out there. So, Oh, Oh, that's a shame. That's tough. Yeah. No, it makes it hard, but, Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, hopefully they get some of that. And, uh, and they've been, and I talked to a couple of the guys in our business out there, and they said, "Well, the government's been talking about fixing this for twenty years, Aww. so it's not like it's something that just happens." So, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that's uh, they're now they're dealing with it. I don't think they have a choice now. They'll have to they'll they're have to it. fix that up. Yeah. 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 So um, and then greens, you got Chris and uh, Carolyn and uh, Valerie. They're pumping out those arrangements like crazy. <laughs> They don't stop moving, actually. Yeah, and actually, I was chatting with Val really quickly this morning, and she mentioned to me that today is World Soil Day also. So if you're ever talking to Val or Chris, they've always got these little tidbits for Carolyn. So, yeah, World Soil Day today is what Val told me. So check that out when you're, when you're uh, browsing the Internet in your cozy home. And that's one of my, my things I, I love when people say soil. I always say, oh, where's your do you have any dirt? I put dirt in the garden. No, I said, no, no, you, you sweep you the dirt do. off the floor. You do. You correct them all. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. But you're right, soil. and it's Well, because I grew up that way, right? Like mm-hmm. in, in the soil, you, 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 your plants love soil. They, don't, they can't grow in dirt like they, you have soil. So it's yeah, soil. It, right? There is a difference, and I think it would be important to learn the difference and why it, why it's important. So, yeah, yeah, we were talking about that yesterday with that one customer. Remember about the smell? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and <laughs> when we, we mix do. soil, like we used to mix all our own soil. Yeah. Um, back in the day, we 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 had this. Uh, it was like a twenty or how big? It was probably like twenty five feet by forty foot metal bin, and nice. it had heat pipes underneath it. So we put all our soil in there, put about two about a foot and a half deep. And we'd water it for about an hour, get it wet. And I'd, I'd lay these insulation tarps over top of it. Oh. And we'd cook all our soil for two days. Really? Um, yeah. And then it would steam. And then you pull the tarps off. And, and it would just smell like it has this cooked soil. Like it's kind of a – it's a when you're when you're a grower, it's kind of like it's a smell that you love, but a lot right. of people think it stinks because it. Right. <laughs> but it's it just it's bringing your soil to life. And then we'd pull it out of the bin, we'd pile up, and then we'd mix in the the peat moss, the perlite, and and all that stuff. So we'd always make our all our own soil back way back when. So way back when? How far back, Merle? Well, that was a while ago. So yeah. that's. Yeah, so you're probably going 35, 40 years ago when I was Isn't doing that. Okay, yeah. Almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm 54, so not quite, yeah. So, yeah, a long time ago. Wow. It's crazy. Still yeah. feels like just you flick it back in your memory and you can still feel you in the bobcat going to this metal bin. <laughs> it was, it awesome. always, <laughs> it was lots of fun, though. I was, I it was bet. one of those things that, yeah, you kind of look back and you you wonder what you were doing way back when, but now you kind of think, oh, it all makes sense. And, yeah, and, exactly. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome, Merle. But, but yeah. you're right, smelling soil around here is a thing still. Yeah, too. no, and when you when you get a nice soil, you go to our bins. I always like I like people when they grab it, you put <laughs> hold it in your hand, you can smell it. And uh, and if it has a bit of a whiff to it, that means there's something in there. There's some good life to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's gonna be quite a day everybody's gonna be smelling soil i can see it now yeah awesome yeah absolutely yeah and uh and if you want to smell some nice greens you can go to the out to the tree lot 
um, Brad and uh, Kent are out there, and, uh, and by I think Old Dogs. You mean the annual house, right? Yeah, in yeah. the annual house where that where this was our Christmas tree lot right now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, lots of great trees going out yesterday. Yeah, so. absolutely. Jonah was working hard, and Terry and Kent, and um, yeah. nice. the guys love it. Kent was commenting that uh, he really likes the energy of the people, you know, coming to get their tree and helping them out and loading them up. So that, that's kind of cool. Yeah, no, and uh, Derek's come in, filled in yesterday. He's yeah. uh, usually working on the landscape tree. That's my son. He was in the, he likes helping out in the tree lot as well on the weekend. So you got, uh, had everybody out there, lots of fun. So, it is. and always important if you, if you, if you need a fresh cut, don't, don't be afraid to ask our crew if they haven't asked you. Um, we'll do a fresh cut for your tree. And then you want to get it in warm water right away because that's, that's when they hydrate, when you bring it in the house they kind of get grown again. So they mm-hmm. need that water for the first few days. So it's super important. Awesome. So. Good tip. All right. Well, thanks, Jen. Thanks, and, Carl. Uh, and uh, go down. And uh, who's all in there today? Is it you, Lisa, and Jess today? Yeah. Dream team. You got it. All right. Yeah. And uh, so go down and uh, and see the tropical team down there. They'll be more than happy to show you everything you need. And uh, But right now, that's it for us right now, Jen. I got to take a Rob. break. All right, take care. Bye now. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. If you want to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Good morning. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Christmas destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And actually, I just got a call in to Mark. We've had quite a few um, emergency tree um, jobs that we've had to get out um, with those heavy windstorms that we've had, especially to the west of Calgary. We've had that. So I'm just going to see Mark's going to hopefully call me here in a little bit and explain some of the things that needs to happen. And because unfortunately, there was an accident uh, out there, and I, I think a guy lost his life out there clearing the tree off his own place so you got to be careful those big trees and i know chris was saying i guess they uh had a hundred footer that went on to a house that they looked after and so that wind was unbelievable actually i looked on my neighbor's um balcony and they have one of those great big weber or one of those big 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 barbecues and it blew it all the way over and flipped it upside down and it's it's amazing like it's so that wind is pretty nasty and these are the times when you this is why you look after your trees and, and things like that because when you do get those windstorms you want to have a good sturdy tree and one of the big things that happens and we actually had we found we we got a tree from a nursery that was uh one of our or one of our growers and it was just they didn't mean to do it but it was there, there was a wire left on the trunk of the tree. It must have been staked up at one time. And then what happened is that grows through the, the trunk of the tree. And as the tree grows, it girdles the trunk. And um, over four feet of the top of the spruce tree just blew off, just fell off the top because it was just, it was so girdled. And then as a tree, it just, it just cuts off the circulation. And then this tree was uh, so... Mark and the pruning crew, they kind of shaped it back into a ball, but it's supposed to be a, 
a fastagata spruce, which is the columnar spruce. But any of those big trees, like when you do stake your trees, ensure that you take the wires off and that after a year or two. And it's not if they're planted properly, they shouldn't need staking for a long time. Like they, the first years too, um, especially on some of the larger ones. And if you're in a windy spot, it, it doesn't hurt to to stake your your spruce trees and things like that to ensure that they're not blowing over. But once they're rooted in that, you want to remove all those guidelines and things like that, just so you're not uh, girdling your trees. And I'm going to take a break for the news. If you want to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's cloudy and minus 14 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Megan Cobb. New travel restrictions come into effect tomorrow for Canadians flying to the U.S. All travelers will need to be tested for COVID-19 a day before their flight, regardless of vaccination status. Workers at Cargill's beef processing plant in High River have voted 71% in favor of the company's latest contract offer, officially avoiding a strike or lockout. Premier Jason Kenney welcomed a visit from Federal Environment Mr. Stephen Gilbo, who was in Banff yesterday and met with representatives from the oil industry in Calgary on Friday. Kenney says without Alberta, Canada would not be able to meet emissions goals. Cloudy and minus 10 today, feeling closer to minus 18. Minus 16 overnight, wind chill makes it minus 22. Clearing tomorrow with a high of minus 7 that feels like minus 12. It's minus 14. Breaking news when it happens, our next update at 10. I'm Megan Cobb. <clears throat> Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. Got a text here from Richard. And he says, we'll be using the wood-burning fireplace more this winter. And I've heard that wood ash is good for the soil. It shows we burn birch and we're wondering how much per square yard we should apply. Love the show every Sunday with Brecky. That does sound good. Nice little eggs benedict, a little breakfast in the gardening show. It's not so bad. Um, yeah, adding ash to it, it, I've heard it's beneficial as well. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go overboard with it. Um, so if you're talking how much in a square yard, if you put like uh like this is shovel like a scoopful i think once you mix that in there i think that would be more than enough in in there and uh and it'll definitely and same with coffee grounds and and things like that um when you're adding these things and manures it's always um you got to be careful this not too much and so what it does though and wood wood contains um, potassium and calcium, so it, it and also has a little bit of phosphorus and magnesium in it as well. So, and it's a I guess it's a it'll help um, maintain the pH of your soil. It's a natural substitute for the lime that you add to your soil. So, but again, just be careful. Um, just not too much. You don't want to be doing it um, real heavy either. And unfortunately, there is a couple of negative things when I'm just reading here. It's, it can have some heavy metals such as cadmium, 
or chromium or lead, which don't necessarily you want in your garden. Um, but however, most studies have shown that if your soil pH is above six, the heavy metals are not taken in by the plants. So you so see you're good that way. So absolutely. And here's a good one, actually, that I, I didn't know this one. This is, uh, there's a good article and it's a garden site. It's called the spruce.com. It's, it's not ours, but I do like the name. It's called the spruce. Um, makes your home, makes, make your best home. And it, it has something. It says here that slugs and snails are repelled by wood ash. And if they do come in contact with it, it acts much like salt and desiccates their bodies. So it's, oh, there you go. So maybe in some of those shadier spots um, where you're going to get the slugs and that, it actually might be a good thing to to have a little bit of that. And uh, and it'll add that to your soil. And also, wood, wood ash could also be used to smother aphids. Dust a fine layer onto your infested plants, coating the aphids, and they can just hose the ash off after, and once it's done, the job. Well, there you go. I did not know that. So there's a couple good for, for slugs, and it just desiccates them. It dries them up. All right, we do have a caller on the line. Um, good morning. Welcome to Let's Start Gardening. Hello. Hi there. How can I help you? I'm calling for my mom. She's got, I think, fruit flies kind of invaded her house and kind of wondering how you get rid of them and where they come from. She doesn't have a lot of plants. Um, yeah, right now is when you're going to see that. They're called fungus gnats or fruit flies, same. And what happens at this time of year, a lot of people continue on the same watering process. So they keep the soil a little wetter than they should. So you should cut your watering down probably half as much as what we were doing in the summer. So if you're watering once a week, maybe go every two weeks um, now. And what you can do is I like to just aerate the top of the soil, like get a fork or or, or something that sort of stir up the top of the soil in the pot. That'll help it dry out. And then we have these products. It's it's called uh, mosquito dunks. And they come in a little, they look like a little uh, sort of a little puck. And then you drop that into a water can. And then once it dissolves in there, you just water your plants with that. And it, it'll kill all the, the baby and all the eggs and stuff. It's used to get rid of mosquitoes. So it works really well in these mosquito dunks as well. Oh, cool. Or or on your fungus gnats, I mean, sorry. How do you get rid of the ones that are already there? <laughs> yeah, well, this will do Flying that around. too. Like it, oh, yeah, okay. it, yeah, it'll, and just, you just got to, and if you want to, you can spray pure spray green into the soil. That works as well. But once you get rid of the problem, they, they don't like it when it starts drying up. Like they kind of, once you get rid of that, um, the atmosphere or the environment for them, um, they'll be gone pretty quick. And then when you water it in with that mosquito dunk stuff, that'll get rid of them. Okay, cool. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling. Have a great day. Bye now. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Yeah, so that, again, is one of those problems that we're going to, that you do see in the wintertime, especially um, now we're heading into into our shortest days of the year. And uh, and we continue watering the same way because it still feels we've had some warm days outside where it still feels quite warm, but just the days are so short and the plants just aren't drying out and they're not using as much because they're not growing as quickly. So right now you can definitely cut your water way back and 
and definitely a big difference. Like I was usually watering my lemon tree every three to four days and I'm b- back off to probably two weeks. So it makes a big difference. So just lay off on the water and then you'll see a big difference and you won't be getting those fungus gnats. But you still want to fertilize at this time of year too. You can sort of, I still like to do it once a month, let your plants dry out, give them a good watering, and then you can fertilize at this time because actually my lemon tree is just blooming like crazy. So it needs that extra food to help produce those, the fruit. And I've been, uh, I got my, I just stuck a paintbrush upside down in the soil in the pot because I don't have it outside. So I have no help with the bees to, to pollinate the, the bloom. So every day I just grab the paintbrush and I just dab the blooms on the, on the lemon tree and uh, trying to help with that pollination to hopefully I get some lemons coming up. So, um, so give that a try if you're, if you are at this time of year and you're seeing lots of buds on your, on your lemons, but they do need the help um, to pollination to get the fruit to happen afterwards. So anyways, again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And again, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And I did get a text here from Bonjour from Snow in Canoe, BC yesterday. No rain. Thank God for the info about ropes. Wires around the tree you just spoke about. I'll remove my rope in the spring. Use it to secure my partly broken branch on my peach tree. Well, it's nice that you can... uh, you have a peach tree. He goes, I bolted it last fall as per your instructions. I think I remember that call too. We had uh, called in about a branch that had broken and we instructed them um, how to bolt up your tree. And I know Chris and the crew and Mark and them were uh, bolting some trees that had split in that wind as well and uh, and trying to save them, So, which is always a good thing when we can do that. And I'm going to go to the phone lines right now. I'm going to go to Edward. Good morning, Edward. Hi, good morning, Merle. Hey, how can I help you? Uh, quick question for you. Uh, I have a couple Korean lilacs that are okay. about five feet high and I'll say, oh, five and a half, six feet wide. And they're encroaching on my front walkway a bit. And I, for access to clean snow and that, I'd really like to cut them back by probably 50%. Now, <clears throat> I realize that's that's quite a bit, but uh, and I realize I'll lose some of the flowering, uh, you know, next spring or whatever. Is is that is okay to do that? Absolutely, yeah. Just just and I'd go back a little bit more, like get it so it's past your sidewalk a little bit, so that way when it does get some new growth, it's not going to impede right away into it. And then just when it's done blooming, that's when you can trim it next year. Like you'll get a bunch of new growth in the spring, and sort of when it's just done blooming. Just give it another trim at that point, just to kind of keep it at that same height, and then your your blooming will just take place again. Um, you'll lose it in that spot. Are you going to trim the whole thing down, the fifty percent, or just the areas? Uh, the, the, my plan is that both of them, the whole thing down fifty percent, and they're kind of shaped like a ball right now. So I just, yeah, that's I make that's smaller. how they grow. Yeah, they grow in that nice ball shape, which is good. It's just when you do that. <clears throat> 
you might end up with a if there's a bunch of deadwood in the middle i might be tempted just to take it right down to the ground and let it come up again from the bottom um but try if you want to do the halfway first and then see what it does in in the springtime if there's not much deadwood in the center because typically in those older um the miss kim lilacs that you'll have uh You'll, there'll be a bunch of deadwood in there because they're so thick. Correct. Yeah. So see what it see what it's like. Just make sure you have good sharp uh, hedge trimmer or pruners or whatever you're using when you when you do that shaping of it. Um, but you'll you'll get a lot of growth when that, like I said, first thing in the spring when it takes off, you'll get a, a whole bunch of growth. And and again, so just sort of see how much deadwood is in there and see how it what it does. But if it doesn't look quite right when it's it, don't hesitate to just take it right down to the ground, and that oh, okay. we call it rejuvenation. And then as it grows up, you can kind of keep it shaped in, in a way from the sidewalk and things like that. Lilacs, spireas, um, nine barks, a lot of those type of plants um, do really well when you rejuvenate them because a lot of times they're trying to keep a bunch of that old deadwood going, and uh, once you remove that energy, all goes into good new growth. So. Okay, well, that's really good to know. When's, when would be the best time? Should I wait till the spring, or can I do it sometime this winter? Or? Yeah, you can do it. <clears throat> if you if it's impeding into the sidewalk now, I would at least do that part now, um, and just, you can trim that back. Um, I would wait until um, probably March, April, something like that, to do it. Um, don't go any later than April, because if you do it too early, and, and especially if you're going to do the halfway, you're going to expose all that um, those cuts to the frost and all that. Then if you do get winter dieback, it's going to go deeper into the plant. So this way, any of the winter kill will stay on top. And then when you when you shape it there in the spring, um, it'll it, you won't have any of that dieback on it. So you'll be fine that way. So sort of okay. end of March, beginning of April is the best time. Okay, sir. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. And that's what I'll do. Awesome. Thanks, Edward. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Have a Merry Take Christmas. Care. You too. Thank you so much. And it is uh it is Christmas already. It's a uh, it's amazing. Nice to see a little bit of snow on the ground to uh give us that Christmas feel and uh winter feel, which is and uh, it's a good time to to get together with some friends. Actually we went out last night for a little bit, met a few friends and uh went down to that new uh barbecue place that's on Fourth Street called South Block. It's awesome. They had live music downstairs, um, which was lots of fun. It was nice to to see a band and uh, and uh, see some live music, and so it was good to get out and and see some of that. So lots of fun, and uh, and a great little venue down there. So if you if you like the barbecue, food, and uh, the the turkey and all that good stuff, and uh, go down there, try it out. It's awesome. All right. And again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, uh, 403-974-8255. And what else I got here? I got someone else just sent me a quick text. Oh, this one works as well. You can try this. Hi, Merle. Activated charcoal at the base of the houseplant pots helps um, to damage from overwatering. Would also work against aphids. Oh, oh, would it also work against aphids? Um, well, I don't know if that if that activated. It sounds like this, if you get that real powdery 
um, ash from your from the fire, and if you just sort of sprinkle that on, you sort of get that powder. What I would probably do is get a, a good handful of the stuff that's really nice and powdery, and and get it into if you have an old like a Parmesan cheese or a or a or a good sized pepper shaker where you could uh, sprinkle it onto the plant or those affected areas out of a out of a shaker of some sort and then that way it's not too messy so like crush it up into a Ziploc bag and then just sort of crush it up make sure it's nice and powdery and then put it into a uh, into a salt shaker or or a pepper shaker the pepper has the bigger holes so put it into a pepper shaker and then just shake it onto the aphids Give that a try. It's kind of interesting to see what that does, and then you just wash it off after. I just know just just be careful with ash. It can be it can be pretty messy, as we all know. So you don't want to make it and have that stuff spread out all over the place. Um, give that a try. All right, um, I'm going to take a quick break here, and phone lines are open four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Um, come on people, it's time to get up and, uh, you gotta help me out through the winter. You gotta, you gotta give me a call, <laughs> uh, again, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Oh, was my mic off? I apologize. Oh, sorry. Welcome back to the Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I just coughed in the in the break there. I turned it off. That I forgot to turn it back on. Sorry about that. Um, what was I saying? Phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And I am going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to John. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had a little clear my throat in the break there, and I forgot to turn my mic back on. So. <laughs> I thought my phone had gone dead. <laughs> How can I help you today? Well, I got, uh, I'm going to give you um, a compliment first. Uh, we got your uh, lawn fertilizer uh, last year, and the best lawn we ever had. Followed the directions, and it's just the best grass we ever had. Awesome. Yeah, yeah and it uh, it thickens it right up, doesn't it? It makes it just nice and thick and green. Oh, and- yeah, it's wonderful. Just wonderful. Yeah, and it's good when you when you haven't used it, and then when you go when you do use it, you do see a big difference. That's I like to hear those stories. So thanks for sharing. Yes, my problem is my potatoes, the white ones, the netted gems, I call them. They, <laughs> yep. they have little worms in them. A lot of do you, them. Yeah. Do you rotate your soil? Yes, I, I do. I mean, rotate the rotate the potatoes each yes, year. Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, Somebody it's, told me that I put too much manure on. And then that is, that's a lot of the problem. Sometimes potatoes, they get killed with kindness. I think sometimes the more you do to the soil almost with potatoes, I, I see more and more problems. And and they especially when you're adding the manure and more of the, the organic matter. Um, so I would just maybe add... Like when you're, if you're going to rotate them into the next spot, maybe just add some garden loam back in, like just oh, yeah. straight loam, mm-hmm. and then mix that into the soil, mm-hmm. and uh, and try that, and uh, and just try not, and do you heal them up as they go, or do you? Yes, we, we heal them up. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. Did you get lots of lots of? Uh, did you get a good harvest? Oh yeah, wonderful, wonderful. But they got these little worms in them. My wife has to peel away a lot of it. No, I know, and 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 I don't like recommending um, what to what you can do. Um, I just I don't like to add any. Um, I don't like to add any chemicals or no. anything like that. No. Um, I'm just sort of reading a couple things. Um, and the, a lot of times those bugs, if you, if you do want to add, you can add a little bit of, uh, like sand into the, into your soil, into those areas too. Oh yeah. Um, a little bit of sharp sand mm -hmm. that helps. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, and if there's anybody else out there that has any ideas on this, um, cause we, we're seeing more of that, um, as as we're as a lot more people got back into gardening the last few years, mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot more worms in the soil and, and kind of those maggots and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of it is like you saying it was from just I would say probably too much manure. Yeah, and that's where you get the scabs and stuff on those as well. So mm -hmm. well, they haven't been scabby. They're wonderful, but very good just, harvest. Yeah, yeah. You just is, um, our squash, zucchini, and. Uh, several kinds of squash that we grow. They put out all male blossoms till oh, probably the middle of August, and then they decide to have some uh, female blossoms, and we get squash then. But um, my neighbors, they have squash in July, and I don't. Huh. Um, and they're in a good sunny spot? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's and and I heard a bit of that too. And I, there's not really a lot you can do. That just becomes a bit more of the of the variety that you're that you're that you're growing. Mm. So maybe just switch a variety next year. I think some of them work more as a pollinator than they do the actual fruit producer. So try and find one that has, um, and maybe on some of the notes when you when you get the seed, that's more of the of the fruit producer not the pollinator so much oh oh i didn't know that yeah okay all righty well we'll look into that thank you very much all right take care thanks yep, for calling john day. appreciate right. it you too all right i need to take a quick break and you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr It's cloudy and minus 14 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. New U.S. travel rules aimed at limiting the spread of the Omicron variant come into effect at midnight tomorrow, and the focus is on travelers who are flying across the border. All air travelers headed to the States need to be tested for COVID-19 a day before getting on their flight, regardless of their vaccination status. Previously, people who were fully vaccinated were able to present a negative test taken within 72 hours of flying to the U.S. American officials say the goal is to provide as much protection against Omicron as possible and that testing prior to traveling is a proven plan. Meanwhile, many Canadians say their Christmas cheer has been tinged by uncertainty about whether the Omicron variant will upend their plans for the holidays. University of Saskatchewan epidemiologist Nazim Muhajarin says much is still unknown about Omicron, so there's still hope of salvaging the holiday spirit. Muhajarin encourages revelers to exercise caution and see how the situation unfolds before scrapping their celebrations. Would you cancel Christmas party or the Christmas Day dinner? 
that you have planned already. I won't do that right now. You know, I'll wait <laughs> until I get closer and uh, we know more about uh, Omicron in Canada. University of Toronto psychologist Steve Jordans worries the potential for Omicron-related holiday disruptions could mark one sacrifice too many for COVID-weary Canadians. Alberta's opposition NDP is responding to Jason Kenney's latest announcement. NDP critic for addictions and mental health Lori Sigurdsson says the UCP must meet addicts where they are at. Sigurdsson is in support of the new recovery beds, but says Albertans cannot use them if they are already dead. She adds the government's response to the crisis cannot be measured in beds opened or dollars spent, but must be measured by lives saved. Yesterday, Kenny announced the province has created access for Albertans seeking addiction treatment by adding 8,000 new recovery spaces. The B.C. government is seeking bids for one of the biggest reconstruction programs the province has ever seen in the aftermath of last month's destructive flooding and landslides. Construction companies and engineering and design firms are being asked to respond to two requests for qualifications to rebuild several damaged highways. Transportation Minister Rob Fleming says engineering assessments are still being done to determine the full cost of repairing and rebuilding the infrastructure to better withstand the impacts of climate change. A former National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations says he is hopeful ahead of his second trip to the Vatican to ask the Pope to apologize for the Catholic Church's role in residential schools. Rob Westgate reports. Phil Fontaine says he believes it is the right time with the right Pope for the Church to take the step toward reconciliation. Fontaine brought residential schools to the national spotlight back in 1990 when he spoke about his own experiences and called for an inquiry. In 2009, he was part of an Indigenous delegation that met with former Pope Benedict, who did not apologize but expressed his sorrow and personal anguish. Rob Westgate, The Canadian Press. 15,324 teddy bears rained onto the ice nearly seven minutes into the second period at yesterday's Hitman game for the 27th annual teddy bear toss. Kale Zimmerman scored the goal, causing the stuffies to fly. On Tuesday, the bears will be donated to more than 50 agencies, including the Alberta Children's Hospital, the Calgary Food Bank, and the Siksika Nation. Since the original 1995 teddy bear toss, the Hitmen have provided the community with 417,000 932 Bears. The Lethbridge Hurricanes beat the Hitmen 5-4 in overtime. In other sports action, four Canadian teams hit the ice in the NHL today. The Calgary Flames are in Vegas to face the Golden Knights. The LA Kings are in Edmonton to take on the Oilers. And the Toronto Maple Leafs look to begin a new win streak tonight in Winnipeg. Quarterback McLeod Bethel-Thompson is expected to get the start for the Toronto Argonauts in today's East Division Final against Hamilton. He had attended a Toronto Raptors game last Thursday, which violated the CFL's COVID-19 protocols. He had to quarantine for 48 hours and must provide three negative tests in order to play. Winnipeg hosts Saskatchewan in the West Final this afternoon, and you can listen to that game here on 770 CHQR. It's a cold one today, a high of minus 10, but the wind chill makes it feel like minus 23 this morning and minus 18 this afternoon. Cloudy and minus 16 overnight, feeling like minus 2. And the clouds will clear up tomorrow afternoon and will reach a high of minus 7, but again, that wind chill making it feel like minus 12. It's minus 14 at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and phone lines are wide open. You can give me a call at 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. And I got a text here. It says, hi, I have a lucky bamboo that was growing just fine. And it was doing just fine. And then all of a sudden, the bottom leaves all started bright yellow and die. I haven't done anything really different except bring new plants into the house. It was my only plant at one time. Now I have four others. Actually, that wouldn't. Um, one thing you do got to do with those bamboos, they need to. You need to change the water once in a while, um, for once a week. Um, that should help with that. And uh, and you do need to feed them a little bit. And uh, so, just if you put a little bit of fertilizer in there, sort of once uh, once a month or every couple months, um, will help with that. But typically when they go yellow like that, or if you have the water too deep on them as well, they just need to sit in just a bit of water, like a half an inch or an inch maybe at the most. Um, you just don't want them in there. And, and a lot of the old water, they'll get uh, they'll get uh, sort of mungy in there. So you want to get that cleaned up and just change the water. And actually, I got a – and this is kind of a neat way to try this. I'm not too sure if it works. I was just sort of looking at some – um, natural ways to get rid of those uh, um, wire worms in your potatoes, and uh, this. So this one says, if you get, if you have a regular bag of potatoes and you cut a few of them in half, and then you stick a stick through them, and bury, bury that uh, about an inch deep, but then so the stick sticks out of the ground, and then leave it for two or three days. And pull it out of there, and they kind of work like worm traps. So they're attracted to those potatoes um, before your other ones are growing, and it'll get rid of them that way. And then also applying the beneficial nematodes um, in the soil as well. So you can try those couple things, and uh, if that works, uh, maybe, John, try that. Is just make your own potato traps for those, and you can and give that a try. And again, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. And again, just a reminder, next weekend we are doing our Santa and reindeer event. So if you want to come down and I think most of the the photo sessions are booked up. Um, we might have some spots for a few walk-ins. Um, but <clears throat> for the most part, it is fill up. But you're still more than welcome to come by. You can uh, say hi to Santa. We'll have a, we have a pen full of reindeer. Uh, Santa's going to bring a few down that will be there as well. So you can uh, you can uh, do that. You can come down and see the reindeer and uh, and see Santa. So if you're out and about next Saturday and Sunday between eleven and four o'clock, we're going to be doing that down at Spruce It Up as well. Um, and lots of great uh, gift ideas. We've got a lot of people coming in getting uh, gifts for the gardeners and, and things like that. So we have all kinds of um, pretty much anything you need for, for plants. Um, we do have that stuff. And we have some other stuff. We have the some of the fun Yellowstone um, shirts and some keychains. And and hats will be arriving again this week coming up. Um, we're totally we got sold out of that of the Yellowstone hats, um, so we got a bunch of that stuff coming in. So you can come check that out. But it's also a good time to to get your tools, 
and uh, and just sort of see what what's good, what's bad. Um, do a good cleanup on your tools at this time of year. Um, grab them out of the shed, and it's a good thing to do. Even when you just listen to the garden show, get yourself a, a nice piece of of, uh, of uh, that steel wool. You can just scrub and put a little bit of that, just a little bit. I like to use this WD forty or something sprayed on there, and then you can just you know, scrub it with the steel wool and just give everything a nice cleaning. And then if you have a sharpening stone, you can um, give your blades a good sharpening. Because at this time of year, it's just nice if you can, when you have the time to do it. And just, just clean up all your tools, clean them up nicely, then give them a little spray of the of the, of the WD or some lithium spray of some sort, any kind of lubricants that you have. Um, just helps keep them nice. So when you go to use them, they're nice and sharp. There's nothing worse than you go to grab them and, and you're in the heat of the battle and you need to do your pruning and then everything's all sticky and and stuck together or rusted and and dull and then you're just tearing your plants and things like that so a good time of year to to do that is uh is get everything sharp get it ready for next spring and if you have still left any of your garden chemicals out in the shed where they're freezing bring them inside put them into a uh, even if you store them into a sealed box of some sort or an old cooler and then bring them inside to, to store them for the wintertime so that way they're not uh, freezing because that loses the effect in this if you leave your roundup and stuff like that and it freezes and that over the wintertime. It loses its effectiveness over the winter and when it freezes like that. So you want to ensure that you bring that stuff inside so that way you'll have good 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 chemicals um for the spring when you go to use it and it'll work properly for you at that time and what else is going on i got all kinds of uh ideas for for plants and uh i'm just thinking what else i can chat about here is um outdoor pots at this time here i know chris and carolyn and val are making them down there but if you want to do your own one of the best things to do is just get yourself a nice big pot like a one or a two or three gallon pot, or if you're doing a large one, a five gallon, just use it as a liner inside your pot. And we use soil. So we just, when we build those pots, that we just use like a potting soil or a three in one mix. Um, and we just fill the thing and pack it in there, wet it nicely. And then we always make fresh cuts on the greens when you stick them in. You start around the outside and then stick your, your center pieces in if you're using, whether you're using birch. Or, or curly willow or what have you. And then all your greens, do a fresh cut on them before you stick them into the soil. That will they'll soak up any of the moisture that's in there right away. And then as soon as you're done that, give them all a good soaking with uh, with your wilt proof. And then that's that anti-desiccant that I've talked about numerous times that will make everything last really good over the winter and uh, should get two or three months out of those at least. And, and especially if you have them out in the sun, it makes a huge difference in they won't desiccate on you over the winter and on these dry days. Because like you said, you feel it even with this little bit of moisture, you can just feel the dryness outside there. So anyways, I'm getting ready to take another break here. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Roll Coombs, and it is 1017 already. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. I do have one text here, and it says, Hello, I have a Carolina Reaper with aphids. Please help. Yeah, once you get them on those peppers, it's hard to, to control them. So what I would do is put into the sink and uh, and get yourself some of the pure spray green and just give it um, give it a spray there. And if you do it today, you do it again in five days and then do it again in five days. So it would uh, it would work really well that way. And you need to do it those three or four times in a row to break the cycle of the aphids. And this, even if you put it, if you're able to put it into the sink, if it's and you have one of those um, little nozzles that come off the end of it, um, just spray spray the aphids off with that, with the with the nozzle on the end of it too, um, just to help get those off of there. And then you can also just spray it, like I said, every five days with the pure spray green, and then that should definitely um, look after that. And yeah, I was wondering if I made this clear. Um, activated charcoal isn't wood ash. Yeah, it's a commercial. Yeah, that that stuff you add into the soil, and the ashes is something that you get um, from your fireplace or fire pit or what have you. Um, so two different products altogether. And when I started talking about both of those, I, I kind of thought I possibly confused that. But we sell the we do sell that charcoal at the store as well. So you can do that as well. And I got a few more texts here that I will read. I was going to go over uh, um, some of the sort of your tasks that you can do over the winter time to keep your, to keep your garden going. But I got a few texts here that I will read out here and Flowering amaryllis. I have two amaryllis plants, one waxed and one regular. Both have growth about 12 inches, but no flowers. What can I do to encourage? Um, unfortunately, um, if you start getting a bunch of leaves, um, and I kind of um, don't like when I see that because typically it's gone into the growth, and it, a lot of times you won't get any blooms. So what? I would just continue to grow it, fertilize it right now with 15, 30, 15. The waxed one's a little harder if, if they're just growing um, in the wax. But if you can just uh, sit in a bit of water and then also use uh, a little bit of fertilizer in there and, and 15, 30, 15, you want to build up the phosphate into those bulbs to get them. So let them grow and, and do their thing. And unfortunately, if they've leafed out like that, you might just have to let them go through a growth cycle. So grow them for a month or two. And then um, fertilizing every couple of weeks with a 15, 30, 15, building the phosphate back up into the bulb. And then let it go dormant. And by doing that, what you do is when it's growing nice and green and they just stop watering and it'll take a couple of weeks, it'll start dying off. Let the leaves totally dry out and sort of get crispy. And then at that point, what you want to do is just cut those leaves off, put your bulb into a cool, dark place for about 12 weeks. And if you want to wait till next um, uh, November again, you can do it that way. Or if you want to try and grow it, just do it, a, sort of leave it for that 12 weeks, pull it out, 
put into some soil again um, and try growing it at that point and see if you can get it to bloom and and go through another cycle. It just probably have gone through a couple cycles and <clears throat> without being fertilized, they'll lose that uh, phosphate content that they need to um, create those blooms on there. So hopefully that helps. All right. And we do have a caller on the line. Good morning. Welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. Hi there. Hello. Hi there. How can I help you? Hi. Um, I am wondering about some perennials. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I have to move at the end of the month. And I'm just wondering, um, like I, I have planted so many things in this yard, and I'm just wondering how can I or can I um, somehow keep them in a garage somewhere in somebody's garage? Or, like, how can I keep them? Are they in the ground right now? Yeah. They are, are in they the st- ground right now. Yeah. yeah, and the peonies are, like, 30 years old. They're huge. Yeah. Um, you can try and dig a few of them up mm-hmm. um, and, and then just put them into, like, a nursery pot or something like that. Keep uh-huh. them in a shaded, dark place, like, like side of a building or or side of a house or something, or if you're able to put them into an unheated garage, that works as well. Okay. But it's best if you can even like put them into a, a cardboard box outside and then just fill that with leaves or or something just to keep it cool. So that okay. way it's not that way it's not getting any heat or heating up in the over the winter. And then what you can do is sort of March or April, if you have a place where you can even plant them in a pot mm-hmm. and somewhere to keep them a little warm, you could start them like you would a perennial okay. and start growing them or just leave them until you can work the soil outside and plant them. The peony might be a little tough because I'm not sure if you're able to dig it out of the ground with it being frozen. Well, the ground I, might... dug out my, I dug out my potatoes yesterday in my beets and the ground was still, like there were still bugs moving around in the ground. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So well, I think there you go. Off. Yeah. Yeah. So give that. Yeah. So then you can definitely give it a try. The only thing is, um, with your peony, they like to be at the same. They like when you transplant them, they like to be at the exact same depth they're at right now. If it's been doing well, yeah. So just yeah. really try to keep the soil intact. So when you dig that up, put it right into a pot right away, and kind okay. of, and keep the soil level the same as it is. And then when you go to plant it in the spring just ensure that it goes in at that same level and and then you should have some good success. And you should be able to pull up a few more of the perennials and at this time of year, if, the, if your ground's still workable, um, you can do that. Like I said, it's just important to, to keep them um, from totally drying out so they don't desiccate on you. So okay. just keep them so buried. I would want to mo- make them soil or the amendment. So I'll probably put straw and stuff like that in there. I want to keep it moist or I want to have it moist? No, when it's- yeah, just a little bit moist at the beginning, like even if you watered them like just right now before like just as you dug them out, give them a little bit of water just to keep that soil and then just store it into a box or a cooler or or even those wax coated boxes that you okay. can get right now. A lot of the yeah. places that have them, all of our greens and stuff have come in those. Um, oh. So if you can get something like that, just put them into there fill it with leaves or straw or peat moss or something, and then just keep it in the coolest, darkest place you have, and then uh-huh. just, just bring them up in the spring and give that a try. Okay. Well, I'll let you know how that works. 
next year. <laughs> yeah, you might as well try it, right? And uh, well, yeah, but for sure, it's worth just, it. But as long as the the people who bought your house or where you're moving didn't see all these beautiful plants, and then they're all gone in the spring. <laughs> No, no, it's it's a totally different circumstance. So it's, oh, okay. uh, it's a good thing to take them out. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> thank All you right. so much for your time. All right. All take right. Care. Good luck for good luck on the move. Take care. Yes, bye bye. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. Yeah, those are uh, if you sold your house as a as this beautiful garden and stuff like that, then they go in the spring and you've pulled out all the plants. They might not be too happy and about that. Anyways. Um, got a couple more texts that I'm going to read here. And we do have some amaryllis in. We do have the bulbs and we do have the plants in at Spruce It Up. So I always love the amaryllis at this time of year. Um, they get that true color, which is gorgeous. This is Adam again. I also wanted to say how much I love your show, even though I'm not a gardener. I try to listen on Sundays, so I make special trips into town just so I can listen. I don't know if it's your voice. <laughs> I like to listen to the show. Uh-huh. Great job. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate that. It's uh, I do have a lot of fun with it, and uh, and people ask me, well, you don't mind doing it on Sundays, but no, I, I enjoy it. Like it's, I get to talk about what I do, and I love what I do. So I'm very fortunate that I'm able to do that, and I get lots of regulars and that people call in, and uh, and and do things, and and like here's a, here's a regular sent me just another text as well. Um, we got Carolyn. She's texting in from Vernon. Says, "Good morning, Carolyn from Vernon. I was just wondering if it would be helpful to put fertilizer in the Christmas tree water. I've never done that. Um, I wouldn't think so. I would just concentrate on the water. And uh, if you have some of that antidesiccant that you want to put in there, like and if that floral preserve or something, say Sprite. But just water. If you do the fresh cut, put f- good warm water in there the first few times." The first five, four to five days are the most important because that's when the tree is thawing out once you bring it inside and then it starts drawing up water before the trunk seals up. <clears throat> so you want to ensure that that thing doesn't um, run dry for the first few days. Super important to keep that uh, reservoir nice and full and that will make sure your tree will last throughout the season. And I'm going to take a break for the news um, if you'd like to join me after the return, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. It's minus 14 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. New travel restrictions come into effect tomorrow for Canadians flying to the U.S., All travelers will need to be tested for COVID-19 a day before their flight, regardless of vaccination status. The Trans Mountain Pipeline is set to restart today after being shut down for three weeks. The pipeline was shut down as a precautionary measure due to heavy rain and flooding in B.C. Field Hockey Canada says it has received an exemption from the federal government to help bring its junior women's team home after getting stuck in South Africa because of shifting COVID-19 travel restrictions. It says the exemption will require a negative PCR test taken within 48 hours of the scheduled final departure flight to Canada. Cloudy and minus 10 today, feeling more like minus 18. Minus 16 overnight, feeling like minus 22. And a high of minus 7 tomorrow that will feel like minus 12. It's minus 14. Breaking news when it happens, our next update at 11. I'm Megan Cobb.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Christmas destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we were talking about birds last week, and uh, I just got a reminder text. I And we were talking about a way to deter the the woodpeckers and, and things of like that. And uh, Tina had sent in a uh, a suggestion that she thinks that works very well. And I'd said a super soaker hose, but what she meant was a super soaker, the water gun. And you can get those at, uh, at a lot of the stores. I'm not sure if they have them at this time of year, but she was just talking about one of those, those water guns and she just sprays them, um, with that. They have the large pump action, uh, squirt gun. Um, and then she sprays the birds with that to, to deter them. So I guess you can have a little fun, and, and that typically won't hurt them, I wouldn't think. So there you go. That's from Tina on how to deal with your uh, your uh, woodpeckers or different things in your in your uh, in your garden or in your trees. And I got another text here. It just says. This works great for those black bugs. Yeah, we have the sticky sticks, the yellow sticky sticks. Um, this person is uh, texting from the Regina. And uh, I have checked out the new Dutch grower. I know Karen and her family out there. They have that uh, beautiful new garden center they just built. They moved locations, and now they're just right off the Trans-Canada. Um, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, a couple of us went out for a little road trip this fall and we stopped in there. It looks awesome. And it's go riders go, this person says. So I guess kind of beat out our stamps. So that, uh, that game is sometime today. I'm not sure what time it is, but, uh, you can catch that. And I guess, um, we should probably vote for the, go for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as our, our team, we can adopt them since our red and white lost out, unfortunately. So we'll go with them and uh, and see how that goes. Another thing we got, I'm <clears throat> just a couple of gift ideas, is we got these awesome journals in. Um, we have gardening journals, hunting journals, wine journals, um, beer journals, day trip journals. They're actually they're really well done. So it took a long time. We've been looking for good garden journal. So if you have a gardener on your list, it's always nice in the wintertime to write down a lot of the things that went well in your garden, what didn't do well, kind of what you'd like to see in the future. Stuff some pictures in there. <clears throat> I always like doing collages too. Like that's what we tell customers or, and people when we start doing designs. Just get a whole bunch of pictures together and send them to us. Um, if you're so, if you're thinking about doing a landscape design, and if you're working with a designer, um, I it's always good if you just get send some pictures, get a collage of pictures that you like, and then we us as designers we can collaborate and try and take your thoughts and create your own personal design. And I know uh, Conrad, and he's our designer in house. He's a graduate of Guelph University. Um, so he does a phenomenal job, and he does all the full 3D. He's doing a whole bunch of examples of different types of landscapes so we can show show that. And then Luke, who who runs the construction side 
of our of our landscaping. Him and my son Derek are constructing the the new display garden outside. Then they're still working out there. They've been able to continue on that. So um, they're they're doing a few examples of the different paving stones, a couple gurglers, some rock walls, all kinds of neat stuff. So have a look. <laughs> I already got a text. No way, Merle. Go bombers, go. Um, um, I've never, I'm not a, I'm not, I'll have to say, I definitely more of a Saskatchewan fan myself. So I'm going to have to stick with the green and the green and, uh, and the go riders go gotta, you gotta admire those guys with the, with the watermelons on their head. So they're having some fun with that for sure. So, um, but I was surprised that, um, how little amount of people were at the, at the Western final or was it was the semifinal in Saskatchewan. Um, it was really quite empty in there because I went to the last couple of stamps games and we had some pretty good crowds here in Calgary, which was, uh, it's just nice to be back outside sitting at, at a football game, enjoying the, enjoying the stamps and, uh, just enjoying being out there with all the other stamp fans. So lots of fun. And got a few more texts I'm going to read here. And where am I at? Hi there. I bought this begonia. I brought this begonia from outside two months ago. I transplanted it and have fertilized it over the last few weeks, and the stem started tipping over. Anything you can suggest to recover? Uh, I would think it is just, you can just pinch it back. So what I would do, you can stake that one up. That one needs to be staked up. So you can either... You can buy those little um, mini stakes for that or use bamboo. You can just stand them up and just to get it scared. Or you can you see where the nodes are. You'll see in the branching of your begonia there, you'll see that there's a little lines. You can cut just above those and it'll branch out again from that spot. And just ensure that you're not keeping it too wet. Um, it's hard to see the soil, but it, it looks fairly healthy but my only concern is that it looks a little bit wet um begonias can dry out especially this time of year you're probably going to water that um probably every two weeks at the most um it, like i said they hold a lot of moisture in their leaves and the stems so they can dry out so don't be afraid to let those dry in between waterings and when it's tipped in over like that my my thought is that it's just it's up a little bit too wet. Um, so what I would do is just get some bamboo stakes, stake it up, or like I said, you can cut about a third off the top and, and that'll help stand up for sure. And I'm going to take a quick break here. We have uh, this break and one more before the end of the show. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons. <laughs> Excuse me. And I'm going to go to the phone line, and I'm going to go to Louise. Good morning, Louise. Good morning, Merle. Hey, how can I help you? I, oh, well, I have some rose bushes. I live downtown in a high-rise, and so we don't have uh, ground. We have patios and a big solarium. 
Now, we, uh, when we get rose bushes, we transplant them into large pots. Yep. And uh, so we thought we'd try to winter them. We brought them inside. And uh, believe it or not, I have roses. I have yellow roses, and I think our red one has got some buds on. And I'm wondering when I should be cutting them down and if I should still be fertilizing them. Yeah, are they like a tea rose or or what type of rose are they? I think they are. Yeah, so I, you can Not even positive. just continue to grow them, like just let them continue to grow through the winter. Um, okay. And just keep fertilizing 15, 30, 15, ensure that they're getting lots mm -hmm. of light, and uh, you yes. should be fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And just, just let them continue to grow. They're looking a little straggly right now. <laughs> when I cut them down, do you think they'll come back fuller? The, yeah, absolutely. In the spring? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, if you just let them so go for a little bit. I was so surprised to have roses in December. Yeah, which is nice. So let them go a little bit longer and then just um, about January, mid-January, cut them back at that point. And uh, take about a I'd take about a third off the top. Okay. And uh, but ensure that you do what you're doing. Keep fertilizing them throughout the winter, um, sort of once a month as lots, and then just making they sure that they have good light. Quick. Yeah. No, they're probably yeah. a fairly good root system in them. Um, just make sure you yes. don't get them too wet though throughout the winter here. No. Just and then no, just. I don't. Yeah. No, and just let them do the thing. If they're getting lots of light, they'll they should do well for you. And then, like you said, it just about. Okay. Go ahead. Is it too late to plant an amaryllis? No. No. Oh, okay. We we still got them. And it might not be totally blooming by Christmas, but it's always nice to have stuff going in January because after we put away it all is. your your festive colors, yeah. it's nice to have something going in January. So um, if you okay. start it now, you'll probably get blooms almost by Christmas, but then you'll have something going on through the new year. Right. Okay. Thank you very uh, much. All right. Bye. Take care. Thank you Bye. so much. All right. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I actually got Mark from Prune It Up. He was up there in the trees uh, working this morning, so I thought I'd get him down. Morning, Mark. Morning, Merrill. How are you doing? Good, good. So after that big windstorm, I was mentioning to the listeners that uh, you were getting quite a few calls on some emergency tree care that we had to do. Um, some removals, some blown down trees on top of houses and fences and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. We we got some calls out uh, Millerville way. Um, they they had some really high winds. Um, so yeah, we went out there and we, we actually had a a hundred foot spruce um, that was cracked at the base and it was leaning into another tree um, that was actually leaning towards the house. So. Um, Chris Myers went out there with the crew and um, they actually had to uh, rig the top off another tree and, and kind of swing it. And, it, and it, it was the only safe way to do it. Um, so we anchored it off another tree and then uh, they notched it and then kind of swung. But it was like two feet from the house when it, when it came down. <laughs> I'm actually going to put the videos uh tomorrow on instagram if anybody wants to see it but it was the safest way to do it um and everything worked out perfectly but uh there's that one and then um tomorrow we're actually going back out there <clears throat> excuse me um 
because there's a couple spruce trees that are actually on top of a, a client's house, so we got to go, go get those off. But like we talked about a few weeks ago um, about doing these inspections on your trees, this is the time, like when it starts to get cold, we get these high winds, just go out in your yard and, and just do a visual inspection of your of the trunks of the trees because this one you're going to start to see the the cracking and the shifting of uh, the fibers in the trees. So just just really take a look at it because you know you you can prevent these these things from happening before if you're doing these inspections and and staying on top of things like we can we can do cabling and bracing and bolting there's a, a whole bunch of different things we can do well and that's what we talk about when you when you are doing your pruning when your trees are younger you're doing the proper shaping and as the tree grows you create that healthy structure for it so when it is 50 60 feet high um it's it's stable it's a, it's a good tree like if you've topped a spruce tree at 10 feet and all of a sudden now it's 20 feet that's a very weak point at that pot at that spot where it was topped at one point. So things like that, mm-hmm. you just gotta ensure that you're doing the proper pruning and inspections, like you were saying. So that way, when you like eight months of the year when the leaves are off and the wind's blowing, you want you want a good healthy structure up there. Yep, and and winter is a great time to kind of get on track and get get your trees to where you need them to be. Um, pruning out the dead wood, do, doing some thinning, creating that airflow, um, lightening up limbs so when we do get heavy snow, things aren't cracking. So just give us a shout, and uh, we'd love to come out and do an inspection, get get everybody on track to where they need to be. Yeah, and when your trees are in that, like I got a couple Schubert's in the front, and they're in that uh, 12 to 14 foot range. That's the time when that's the easiest to to get that structure going for when they do get larger, the more you do at that time, thinning out, get rid of that crisscrossing branching, overgrowing, create that structure when they're when they're young, and then it'll just continue to grow in the right right direction um, as it gets larger and larger. So very important, yeah. like you're saying, this time of year, so you don't have to get Mark out to do um, too much removal of those trees off your side of your house. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Do, do them when they're smaller, shape them for the future stay on top of it and uh, maintenance is better than having to do complete removal so absolutely do those, do those inspections and like i said we'd love to come out and, and help people and uh, take care of these things before they become issues absolutely all right well thanks mark thanks for taking a little bit of time and uh good luck on those uh on those removals off those those homes there yeah don't next worry week, we'll, so. we'll post some stuff so people can see so like awesome. uh, it's, it's a good learning tool so Awesome. No, and unfortunately, like I said, I think there was a gentleman lost his life there last week. He went out and tried to do it himself. And you got to be careful. You're dealing with those big trees and they're leaning. Like you said, when you watch um, our team, how they do it, and it's all rigging and you swing it and the ropes, they direct the tree as it's fallen in the direction that you want it to go. It's not just hope for the best. Like you guys have a plan. And it's fun watching. Like, I know we yeah. had that caller last week talk about, like, when they go up, you guys come up with a plan before you go up there. You just don't get up there and tie ropes wherever. You have a plan. And then that way when you're doing your cutting, you, you know where those logs are going to go, where those branches are going. You're not just hoping that it's going to hit in that spot. So, Yeah, 100, 100% everything is calculated. It needs to. 
and and our our team is great at that. We we always put that plan together, and uh, you know, most of the time things work out as planned. But sometimes this that's uh, it's tough to calculate everything. But uh, yeah. for the most part, it's it's very very calculated, and uh, the guys do a fantastic job. No, awesome. All right, thanks again, Mark, and have Welcome a good rest of the Sunday. Yeah, thanks. you too, man. Thanks. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to take uh, my last break of the show. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And definitely the the Bomber fans are are coming at me. I got... Uh, no way, Merle. Go Bombers, go! And <laughs> come on, Merle. Anybody but the Riders. And uh, and then uh, Dana. How about go Bombers? <laughs> See, uh, I got uh, getting thrashed on the old Rough Riders. Say, eh? come on, you guys. <laughs> I'm going to go to the phone line, and we're going to go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I uh, I bought this house up in the northeast community of Abbeydale about 18 years ago, and the okay. previous owner had stuck what I guess is now, um, it's either a weeping willow or a weeping birch, I'm not quite sure which. It's a very okay. puny looking thing at the time. It's growing quite tall now to the point where it's up above the uh, level of the of the roof of the house. It's a two-story. Yeah. Uh, my question is, is this, is that... Um, the very top half of the tree this year didn't flower, didn't have any uh, uh, leaves on it. And uh, a neighbor who happened to be an arborist who has now left the community and moved to Vancouver Island said that he thought it might have been a uh, result of winter kill or maybe some bugs or some sort of uh, pe- uh, pest had got yeah. into it. Yeah, the but the birch... bottom half is, is, is yeah. flowering just fine, but it's the yeah. top, the I don't know, do six that. or eight feet. Yeah, the birch unfortunately do that, and and they do they require a bit more water. So a lot of it is it's a little bit of lack of watering. So that's where you want to get those soaker hoses. You put them out around the perimeter of the drip line of those birch trees, and give them really good soaking in because they and that's just mother nature when they don't get enough moisture all the way to the top they start they start they start drying out the leaves from the top down. So okay. there is something you can try to do. If last year was the first year, you might be able to get some life back into it. Um, they respond really well to a product called Rage Plus. Um, it's a seaweed-type fertilizer. And so give it a really good soaking and put a, a few five-gallon pails around the drip line of the tree with the Rage Plus. Do that two or three times. And there's a picture of one in the store if you come there, and you'll see, we, we had a, one of our customers call in, and we recommend this, and they took pictures for me before and after, and it pushed life back up into the birch. They respond really well, but just lack of water, and then also treat it for the birch leaf miner. It's they're really they get inundated with that bug, gets in there and eats the leaves and turns them all brown. So, all yeah, right. I noticed that most of the leaves had remained on the lower half. Yeah. mostly green um there might have been a tinge of brown in there but it was that very top oh i yeah, don't know and that's five just, or six feet <clears throat> so important even like right now if the ground isn't frozen go out there give it a good shot of water 
uh, put the soaker hose on it, just let it get some moisture for the winter. Um, and that's just uh, the birch are infamous for doing that here. But unfortunately, I got to go, Chris. Give that a try. Try to rage plus, and then you should be set. Thank you so All much. Right. Have All a right. Great Thank day. you. You too. All right. Thanks again for everybody. Um, I have Myrna next week. She's going to come on from the from the Chin Ridge uh, Bird Seed Company. We're going to talk some birds and a few other things. And we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.